0: Over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.
1: You're about to experience the life-giving teaching of Bishop Kevin Foreman, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Center. To find out more about Dr. Foreman and Harvest Christian Center, visit our website at
0: www.harvestcc.me. And no matter what, remember, love God, love people, and love life.
1: Hallelujah. Listen, we're going to get into the Word of God tonight. As you're standing, I want you to lift your Bibles high. And uh, uh, if you will remember last Wednesday, we were going into uh, the day of, uh, or excuse me, the Feast of Trumpets. Uh, We began a new spiritual year. Somebody say Happy New Year. And, uh, and so in all of that, I want us tonight to move to the next feast, which is the Day of Atonement, which comes up this uh, Saturday. Is actually the Day of Atonement, but we're going to recognize it corporately on this coming Sunday. So lift your Bibles high. Let's make our confession of faith together. This is my Bible. It is the living Word of God. It gives me abundant life. I am not just a hearer of the Word i'm a doer of the word this word teaches me that i am more than a conqueror my spirit and my mind are prepared to receive and apply the message amen remain standing go to leviticus chapter 23 leviticus chapter 23 and uh, i want us to just look at a couple of verses there and we're going to look around a lot tonight so we're going to get you some good notes and make sure you get the cd amen Leviticus chapter 23. Amen. I command the devil to come out of this iPad. But this iPad ends up over there somewhere. Leviticus uh, chapter 23, verse number 1. You got it? Y'all still flipping? Say, hold on, Bishop. Okay. All right. I'll wait on you. Leviticus 23, verse 1. Now, y'all know we're going to go to work tonight if old school came out. Old school is when I bring out. Remember, we used to actually have a real actual Bible? (laughs) not an iphone ipad all that leviticus chapter 23 verse 1 it says and the lord spoke to moses saying speak to the children of israel and say to them the feast of the lord which you shall reclaim to be holy convocation these are my feasts say this is, this is. God, set god set time to meet, to meet with me meet with my prayer my praise, my praise nor my worship schedule this appointment heaven did that is not enough faith in this room. Uh, uh, so let say this over yourself. Say your name. Say in Jesus' name. God Himself, thousands of years ago, knew you'd be alive, and set an appointment with you. The next appointment is coming up. Don't miss it. Hallelujah. Father, I decrease that you may increase. Speak to us now that we might move in what you've ordained. In Jesus' name, somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. As you take your seats, high five, two or three people and I just tell them this going to be good for us tonight. It's going to be good for us tonight. I want to move right into this. I want to do a little recap from where we were on last week. Remember, God does not, nor the Bible, is based off of the Gregorian calendar that goes from January to December. The Bible is based off the Hebrew calendar. Everybody say Hebrew calendar. Now, that Hebrew calendar, I gave you this, and we're going to do it fairly expeditiously so we can get to the new material tonight. Uh, It's 12 months. Begin with the month of Nisan. N-I-S-A-M, then Iyar, then Sivan, then Tammuz, then Av, then Elul, then Tishri, then Shesvan, Kislev, Tevit, Shabbat, Adair. I gave those to you last week. That's why I went so fast. Now, remember, the Hebrew calendar has how many different starts to it? Four. Four different starts of the calendar depending on the purpose. But the civil calendar, when the calendar number change is Rosh Hashanah or the Feast of Trumpets. And that started last Wednesday at sundown. So you watch this. You are seven days into a new spiritual year. (laughs) Hallelujah. And and the spiritual year is 5775, which it is believed in the Jewish Midrash that that is counting from Genesis chapter one, verse number two. It is not counting from Genesis chapter one, verse number one, because in. In between Genesis chapter 1, uh, at verse number 1, and Genesis 1 and 2, there is perhaps now a, cal- a chasm of years that could have perhaps be uh, tens of thousands, millions, even billions of years in between those two verses. Watch verse 1. It says, put it up, Genesis 1 and 1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Look at verse 2. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. In between these two verses now uh, could be a chasm of years. So when we're counting uh, the Hebrew years, 5775, we are counting from Genesis 1 and 2, not necessarily Genesis 1 and 1. Is everybody with me? That year is 5,775. 5775. Say 57? 57. 75. Uh, Which means it is a year that is ending with the number five. And five is God's number of grace, God's number of favor, God's number of his super to your natural. Which means God says he desires for this to be a supernatural year for you. God says don't put him in a box this year because what you thought was going to take 10, 15, 20 years. God said it ain't going down like that. Not this year. It's a supernatural year. Somebody say supernatural year. Now, the Hebrew feasts, feasts were appointed times, say appointed times, Uh, when heaven, it literally means when heaven would invade earth. Uh, It was an appointed time in the Hebrew. The Greeks would call it a kairos moment where literally it would be a quality of time that had not been surpassed up to that point. Say quality time. God can do for you in one moment what you cannot do in your entire lifetime. Favor can do for you in one minute what you've not been able to do in 10 years. So since it's a year of favor and a year of the supernatural, you better expect some stuff that you were planning on taking 10 and 15 and 20 years. Touch your neighbor and say, it's not going to take them that long. It's not going to take... Now watch this, it it literally, these feasts were also called holy convocations, uh, which literally meant a meeting between God and men, watch this, that God sets. Your prayer, your praise, your worship, those are things that will set an appointment with God, but a feast in his appointment that God sets with you. It's very important to note who's making the appointment to deem the, the validity and the significance of the appointment. In fact, if you ever try to make certain appointments with certain uh, uh, level executives or different individuals or what have you, in different organizations, uh, their secretary or administrator is going to say, well, please understand. Tell me the reason for your appointment, because we have to guard the time of the executive we work for, because he or she only has a limited amount of time. And we can't just give this time to anybody. Check it out. So if the CEO of the universe set a meeting with you. I said, if the God of the heavens and the earth, the God that spoke into nothing and created everything, if he made an appointment with you, it must be a pretty big deal. Touch your neighbor and say, it's a big deal. So we learned last week, and I've taught before, that there are seven major feasts. And all of these feasts point to Christ as the Messiah as a way for the Jews to believe and to fulfill all the messianic prophecies. Messianic, just speaking of the Messiah. Now watch this. Since those feasts are fulfilled in the Messiah, which is just Jesus, somebody say Jesus, Jesus. anybody that is a Christian or that knows Christ is presented with an opportunity to meet with God. Now, I need you to get this, seven is the number of biblical completion, say completion. So with seven major feasts, we see this picture of entering into God's rest or entering into God's shalom, which means the word shalom is peace. It means nothing is missing, nothing is lacking, nothing is broken, all is well. Say that, nothing is missing, nothing is lacking, nothing is broken, all is well. Now now please understand, you need to understand that God says, please understand, God says it is his desire that that is the way you live your life you didn't hear what I said it is his desire that nothing is missing which means please understand sometimes rather than looking around and saying but I don't have this I don't have this I don't have this maybe it's because it ain't really missing maybe you ain't married because they're not missing and you, y'all not going to say nothing to me. And you sitting there saying, well, if I had somebody, if I, maybe it ain't missing yet. Maybe God says, I'm trying to get you complete in yourself so that when you get with somebody, I'll have two complete people coming together rather than a half of a her and a half of a him coming together to make a whole mess. Yeah. Touch your neighbor and say, ain't nothing missing. Everything I need, I have. It. You better not miss this weekend because I got something for you this weekend. Touch your neighbor and say, don't miss this weekend oh my god the scripture says and he has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness which means if i didn't don't currently have it it means that i didn't really need it to get to where i'm going anyhow because wherever i'm going in god god provides touch your neighbor say, he's already provided which means if you don't have the money for that it's because you ain't supposed to buy that y'all not hearing what i'm saying if you ain't got the credit for that it means you ain't supposed to get that he's got this and if you'll get this you won't eat your neighbor say nothing's missing. Nothing's missing. Say nothing's lacking. nothing's lacking. If you don't have people that you can call friends, can I tell you it may not be a curse, it might be a blessing. Because the reality is there's a lot of folk call people friends, but they're not friends, they're just placeholders it's just to take away the feeling of loneliness because they don't want to feel like they ain't got nobody with them. But if you study your Bible, the greatest people that God did the greatest things with they learn how to be like an eagle baby. They learn how to fly by themselves. If you got a big crowd, you must not be nobody because the greatest ones in the scripture had to fly by themselves. Joseph couldn't even go around his own brothers. Moses couldn't stand his own brother and sister. Nothing's missing. Touch somebody say nothing's missing. No, it's not. (laughs) Somebody gonna get it tonight. Nothing is missing. I said nothing is missing. I said nothing is missing. But bishop, so-and-so go, they ain't missing, they weren't part of it in the first in the first place. Ain't nobody missing. <inaudible> Nothing missing. Nothing broken. All is well. <inaudible> but bishop, the circumstance, no, 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 you talk too much. All is well. Can, can i tell you something i'm gonna get ahead of myself bishop how is it well because god doesn't operate the way you and i operate you, you and i and, and and we set the year like this and I, I see i'm gonna have to come back around to this again we'll command your year and because 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 not everybody is getting it the holy ghost he said the other day. he said son they're not they're not getting it because they, they, they they're not getting it he said son they don't understand i work the night shift They don't understand that my evening, then my morning, then that's the day. So when I created it, I started in the dark before it got to the evening, before it got to the day. Which means, watch this, whenever it's dark in your life, whenever it's dark in a circumstance, whenever it's dark in a situation, that's when he's working. Yeah, y'all, y'all, y'all don't speak the King's English here, that's all right. Just your neighbor said he's working. Now, here's the trip about it. One area of your life can have day, but another area of your life can be in darkness. You, have you ever experienced that great quandary in life to where one area of your life looks marvelous and magnificent, but this other area, you're like, God, dog, it's so it's dark in here. Uh, God says, baby, I, I flip the light on over here so that I can watch this. In your house, you can have the light on in one room, but it'd be dark in another room. God said, I don't know who I'm talking to tonight. God says, baby, it's only dark in this one room. Stop thinking your whole life is messed up because this one room is dark. I flipped the light on there. I flipped the light on there. I flipped the light on there. I'm working in this one room right now. Touch your neighbor and say he's working on this room. That's why I feel it in here. That's why the scripture says, Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. And I'm here to tell somebody during this day of atonement feast, God says, I'm flipping the lights on in your life. Somebody shout joy. What's this? Uh, What's this? (laughs) God says, It is my desire that you are shalom Nothing is missing, nothing is broken nothing is lacking all is well Thank you, jesus. say all is well all, is well. all right what, what's this what, what's this say, say four, spring four spring feasts come on say four spring, four spring feasts all right what's this these four spring feasts that we began to look at last week uh uh passover which is the crucifixion of jesus the feast of passover The Feast of Unleavened Bread, we talked about last week, how Jesus had no leaven in him. Leaven was evil or error. Jesus, his body, matter of fact, didn't even decay. He got up before it could begin to decay so that you couldn't even accuse him of of decaying. He says, I'm going to be perfect and you're not going to find nothing wrong with me. Now, now, watch this. Watch this. Because he was perfect. Now, then he says, "You vicariously get to re- reap the rewards of my perfection by accepting me," which means God touching him said, "God's not looking for your perfection, but he is looking for progress." See, where are the people who, who can say, "You know what? I may not be where I want to be, but I'm sure enough thankful that I'm not." where i used to be where are people that can look and tell your own testimony and not be shamed about your own progress in life because truth be told a year ago you probably wouldn't have been in no church on no wednesday night truth be told somebody messed with you last year you probably would have cussed him out but god's been doing progress he's been making progress in your life it, i'm making progress and, baby, don't you judge my future by my past because progress is being made in my life. And what the feast does is the feast expedites your progress. Uh-huh. Tell what your neighbor saying it's getting ready to speed up. Yes, it is. Touch that other one. That was the wrong one. Shake them like you're going to shake their arm off and tell them it's getting ready to speed up. So watch this. Past Feast of Passover, Crucifixion of Jesus, Feast of Unleavened Bread. Jesus had no error, evil, or leaven. We talked about this last week, and I've talked on it extensively before. The Feast of First Fruits, which we call Easter in our Gregorian calendar or, or resurrection someday, uh, which Jesus was the first fruit, which means he became a guarantee that the rest of the harvest was going to be taken care of. The first fruit, if the first fruit is holy or sanctified, then the rest of the fruit is holy or sanctified. Then we talked about the Feast of Weeks, which is called the Feast of Shavuot or Pentecost or the Feast of the Harvest, which was the day of Pentecost. And we talked about that last week. And so then we jumped into the three fall feasts. And last week we talked about the Feast of Trumpets, where we were literally stepping in it on that Wednesday night called Rosh Hashanah. Say the Feast of Trumpets. Now, we talked about how the shofar was blown in order to call things in order, which meant that disorder had to go. Now, watch this. Hear me. I need you to hear this. When disorder goes, it may seem like things are getting out of order. You missed that. just said. When disorder goes, it may seem like things are getting crazy, but really what you called order, God called mess. So, so don't be shocked if some folk and some things and some situations and some this and some of that, don't be shocked if all of a sudden that goes haywire. you like, my God, I thought this was going to be a sweet year. It is. Amen. What you called good, God called out of order. And let me tell you what he's been doing since the day of—because uh, watch this. There's 10 days of awe following, uh, following the Feast of Trumpets. And those 10 days of awe were supposed to be used, and we're supposed to use them uh, for uh, forgiveness from anyone uh, that has wronged us and seeking forgiveness from those that we have wronged because we did not want to take last year's baggage into the new year. Now, here's what I need you to understand. Please understand. What God begins to do is some of the stuff that you call okay, God says, mm-mm. And please understand, when God says, mm-mm, you're okay, is now voided. You not hear me. So, so here's what here's will happen. Sometimes you'll say, well, that's good enough to get by. And heaven will say, you know what, that ain't going to work no more. Yeah, y'all, y'all not hear what I'm saying. He, heaven will say, that's not going to work no more. And so what heaven will do is heaven will say, well, listen, now either you give us that or we'll take it. It's real, 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 real quiet. Right, 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 right through here. Uh, you, you ever, watch this, because I need to tell you, I need to tell you why I'm your pastor. Uh, let me help you with something. Touch your name say, he's going to help us with something. See, because watch this. Because God says, God says, you, you've been settling a lot. Yeah, you see, that silence doesn't move me. See, so, if you would just say, man, I'd move right my fancy to do this. is Wednesday night, so I figure you come to, to, to get something. All right, all right. See, in other words, God says, uh, you, you've been going for average because you didn't really have nothing to behold that was above that. So, during the feast, God says, I'll tell you what I got for you. I, I, I got something called, I'm not going to tolerate that no more, even if you're willing to tolerate it. All right. All right, so, so what, when the shofar is bone, order comes. And if you study in Ezekiel, whenever order came, when the bones were coming to order, there was a lot of noise. Say noise. noise. All right, so if ever your life is dark and noisy, don't think that something's wrong. Sometimes things are just finally getting in order. Say order. order. Say it again. Say order. order. And sometimes God needs to violently separate you from what you call order. All right, all right. So the sound of the so far was intended to awaken the listener from his or her slumber. Touch your neighbor and say, wake up. Wake up. And I taught, on that, I, I taught on that on last week. And, and so we began. The sofar was blown uh, spiritually uh, and in our lives one week ago. So we're seven days in. Say seven days in. Seven days. Now, as the next three days progress, we are coming to the conclusion of the 10 days of all. Now, uh, I, I want remind you what we're supposed to be doing during this time according to the Scripture we are supposed to be evaluating ourselves. Touch your neighbor and say, look at, look at you. And sometimes what God has to do is put you in your face. And say, look, I, l- listen. And sometimes when you don't get the message the first time, he's like, okay, all right, I got another way to get it to you. Touch your neighbor and say, look at yourself. I'm going to tell you, everything you've been blaming on other people. I'm going to tell you, during this time, God says, uh-uh, I don't want to hear all that. I don't hear what she did, what he did, what they did. What did. Uh, my question is to you, because you don't have authority over them. You have authority over you. Touch your neighbor and say, God is questioning you. All right, all right, all right. So, so, so during this time, we're to seek forgiveness for where it needs to be sought. If there was somewhere in life you were out of order, maybe it's even with your boss or your employer, you got an attitude talking about, I can't believe they asked me to do that. Uh, okay, and, and, but yet you ask God for promotion. See, what's funny is lazy people don't get promoted. This ain't the federal government. You don't get to not do your job to get a better job. <laughs> You don't get to miss your assignment and let folk run up in the house. (laughs) Now, can can I tell you something? what, What God says is, God says during these times of the feast, he wants to accelerate what would normally take a long time. All right. So during this time, if you've been out of order anywhere, you need to go to whoever and whomever and whatever you've been out of order and get it right. And then anybody who's done you wrong, you need to forgive. And you have three more days to do it. Now, I'm working on it. Well, you're going to miss your appointment then. Because watch this. During these 10 days, God, heaven makes judgment concerning the next year. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? Heaven makes judgment. Your next year is spoken for by the end of Saturday. Now, that's Bible. I'm going to show it to you in just a moment. That's Bible. So, I don't know about you, but I, ain't nobody and nothing worth having to have a miserable 12 months. Now, you had your apple and honey last week. Touch the because it's going to be a sweet year. Now, again, you probably never heard this talk before because it's just through the years. We talked about this last week. Uh, the Christian church, in its, in its effort to try to have its own identity from the Judaism, many of the feasts were replaced with feasts that they just came up with. So they just came up with stuff. Ass Wednesday. You better take that ass off your foot. You're going to mess your skin up. Okay? Right? That's not, no, that ain't in the Bible. Okay? All, all these different things people do that are just not Scripture. What are you giving up for Lent? Well, nothing. I'm, I'm matter of fact, I'm going to go eat now. Because... <laughs> Well, not literally, but I'm just saying, that's not scriptural. Okay, people, the Holy Week, Good Friday. No, you can't count. Friday to Sunday is not three days and three nights. Now, you don't even have to be spiritual to know how to read to know Jesus didn't die on no Friday. He was already in hell preaching the revival. (laughs) Imagine when Jesus showed up in hell to get the keys. Jesus is like, and you know, you imagine because they're like, God, Jesus is here, Jesus is here, Jesus is here. Like, oh, yeah, you know what I'm here for. I'm going to need them keys. The keys Adam gave. Can I preach it right here? The keys of heaven and earth, the authority that Adam gave up as a son, Jesus said, I'm going to need them keys back, and I'm going to need them back right now. <laughs> so Jesus went to hell three days, three nights. So now, okay, so wait, good Friday. You know, people get, you know, real spiritual on good Friday. You know, they don't even go to the club on good Friday because... <laughs> Now, you shouldn't go at all, but, okay, just so we're clear. But it'd be like, no, nah, it's Good Friday, child. Good Friday and Easter on Sunday. Okay, well, you can't count. All right, all right. so so when you say, Bishop, I've never heard this talk before. Well, again, that's why you've never heard it talk before, uh, which, is, which is also why we try, in the body of Christ, people try to create all these different things to have these meetings with God, when if you just follow his system, he set up some meetings, I don't need to hear no special revelation if I follow what's already been illuminated. Did you have that? Now, coming up this Saturday, everybody say Saturday. Saturday. All right, it's the Day of Atonement, also called Yom Kippur. Now, we fast on this upcoming Saturday uh, until sundown. Now, if you want to fast the entire day, you can fast the entire day. All right, but we should do it at least until sundown. Which Friday evening, at t- so 12 midnight, going into Saturday until 6 p.m. So it's not even a full 24 hours that you're doing a fast because I know some of y'all are going to eat to the clock. <laughs> look at your neighbor. They look at them. Look, Don't they look hungry? Don't they look, just look like they for the years going to be 11.58. <laughs> got to eat this. What child, I got to get this. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to see them at the drive You're going to see a bunch of harvest people. They V's on at the drive-thru. <laughs> <laughs> now, 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 now. Now, watch this. Uh, this time up to uh, up to atonement and, and always it should be a lifestyle, but specifically during this time, it is a time of write this word down. And if you're not writing, just please, you know, act like you're typing it or just shake your head real deep. OK. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. And don't talk about you can't see. I sat out there the other week with the same light that you can see. That's oh, in your head. It's so dark in here. No, it's not. <laughs> you can see just fine. Amen. amen. No, I sat out there because I said, is it really dark out here? Let me tell you, it was really dark. I said, I can see fine. And I got in the contacts. <laughs> That's your name said. So you can see just fine. All right. <laughs> all right. All right, all right, all right, all right, right, uh, all right. Write this word down. Teshuva. T-E-S-H-U-V-A. Okay? If you're from deep south, Teshuva. Teshuva. <laughs> <laughs> T-E-S-H-U-V-A. All right. Now, uh, this is a time of Teshuvah, which is a time of repenting and returning. Repenting and returning. Repenting and returning. Now, if you remember last week on Wednesday, I said to you that don't be shocked when a lot of past people were getting to show up. How many people you already saw that beginning to happen? All right. See? All right. Okay. All right, because it, it, it is, it, you can't beat the feast. You can't beat it, okay? All right, so during this time, you, you just can't beat that. So now, Bishop, now, what does that mean? Repenting and returning. So go to Leviticus, we were already there at 23, but I want you to get down to verse number 26, and then I'm going to take you to the fast, and, and then we're done. Leviticus 23, 26, y'all learning? All right, verse 26, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, on exactly the tenth day of this seventh month is the day of atonement. Now remember, this is this when it's writing in here, leave that verse up. It is talking from the agricultural start of the year, which was different than the civil start of the year. So it says seventh month, which is Tishri, but it's really the first month of the civil year. Has everybody got that? So when you say well, it's the first or seventh, it just depends on the context of that particular chapter, which beginning they were using. All right. It shall be a holy convocation for you, which is why on Sunday we're having a holy convocation. What are we doing? We're going to church. That's the neighbor. Say, you can find me in the church. In church. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. All right. So that's just very important. It's very important. All right. You shall afflict your souls. That's fasting. That, that phraseology is a Hebrew idiom for fasting. Because when, you, when you're fasting, you are literally afflicting your soul. Your soul is your mind, thoughts, will, and emotions. And have you ever noticed when you get really hungry, you're not yourself? In fact, there's that snicker commercial that says um, uh, when, you're, <laughs> when you're hungry, you're not. I think that's what they say. You're not yourself. Have you ever noticed that? And so sometimes, and I said this last week, but this is so important. Sometimes what you call demonic attack is just you need to go eat. I just felt under pressure all day because you ain't ate nothing all day. Just felt this thing coming against me. I just, I need somebody to pray. I need you to get you one of them breakfast burritos at the bookstore. That's what I need you to do. Okay. All right. Now, this is important. You're afflicting your your mind, thoughts, will, and emotions because here's what happens. When you get hungry, you know that hunger headache? But have you ever noticed that every little thing then begins to agitate you? Now, 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 now watch this but, when, but, but here's what I need you to see the scriptures calls it affliction of your soul because really when your flesh is the weakest it shows you the real you yeah. so what you say to people during that time where you're really irritable I need to tell you that's you it's quiet in the church and stop talking about, I didn't mean to say it. No, you didn't mean for them to hear it. You meant to say it. Now, here's why the Bible calls that affliction of your soul. Because it brings it all up so that you can quickly deal with it. So I says, What you say to your kids, parents, during that time you're irritable, reveals what's really going on in you. Because some of the stuff you got problems with them, the reason you have a problem with them is because it reminds you of you. And you hate seeing you reflected back to you. And so now your real issue ain't with them. Your real issue is that God showed you you. And so your problem is with your rebellion, not theirs. Hi. You should afflict your souls. (laughs) See, that's why it calls an affliction of the soul. All right, watch this. Uh, Where are we at? Verse, where are we at? And present an offering by fire to the Lord. 28, you shall not do any work on this same day, for it is a day of atonement, to make atonement on the person, uh, uh, to make atonement on your behalf before the Lord your God. If there's any person who will not humble himself on this day, shall be cut off from his people. So now that you know the fast, if you just decide, you're just not going to do it. Okay, you read it. So good luck with that. But I just, I just need a sandwich. Really, it's not even a full day. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And truth be told. Uh, <laughs> Verse 30, as for any person that does any work on the same day, that person I will destroy from among his people. Remember, I talked about this last week, and I think there was some Ask the Bishop questions that even came in. So Sabbath for Christians is not limited to a day. It's a person called Jesus. God giving the children of Israel and the Hebrews only one day to be Sabbath was a rebuke to them. It was a punishment to them. He said only this day. Now, he explained it. He said, well, six days the Lord did work on the seventh day the Lord. Look, the lord rested not because he was he was uh, tired but he's rested because he was done but let me go ahead and pause for the cause right here because um this spirit of slumber that comes on some of y'all you don't rest until you're done not because you're tired you better went to sleep right before your breakthrough Y'all hear what I'm saying? You rest when you're done, not because you're tired. All right. Okay. Um, and see, you see, everybody got tired here. All right, watch this. As for any person that doesn't work on the same day, that person I'm going to from among His people. You're not, you should do it, you, verse 31, you should, not, uh, you should do no work at all. It is to be a perpetual statute to all your generations and all your dwelling places. It is to be a Sabbath of complete rest to you. And you shall humble your souls on, on, uh, on the ninth of the month at evening. From evening until evening, you shall keep your Sabbath. So, again, I want to be very clear. I want to be very clear for us. We are fasting when, y'all? Okay. Now, if you really want to go ahead and, and go for the for the that's the that's the copper package. If you want to if you, if you want to do the silver package, do, watch this. If you want to do the silver package, do from sundown Friday until sundown Saturday. That's the silver package. Now, I know we've got a church full of platinum people. So the platinum people is from sundown Friday until they get here on sa- Sunday morning. Now, now I said, what's the significance of the difference? The significance of the difference is how much of you decreases so that he can increase. Fasting decreases you so he increases. Got it? And, and and I'm telling you, some of the great, some of you say, I just need an idea. I just need some I just need some of this, I need some of this, I need some of this. Well, fasting decreases you so he increases. So what happens is now is that when you're fasting the, the longer the duration the less of you there is the more of him there is because when you because you're afflicting your soul so now you have to turn to him to keep you from hurting you or somebody else Are you hearing what I'm saying? All right. Now for those of you that normally don't eat at all during the day then 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 your platinum package is all day Friday all day Saturday Bishop, why? Because it's not a fast if you normally don't eat. It only becomes a fast when you have broken your normal routine. Oh, y'all y'all don't like this here, huh? Y'all, <laughs> oh, y'all want a Denver fast. Well, just fast from noon until 3. That whack mess. No, that ain't Bible. <laughs> Say Day of Atonement. Now, I, I'm setting you up because I'm going to take you somewhere that's, that's... If it don't shout you, then it's sure going to shout me. Uh, now, now, uh, during that time when we would normally eat, and I've taught them fasting extensively before, when we normally eat, we pray. Amen. We worship. Yeah. Got it? You don't get on the phone. Oh, yeah. Talk about what you're doing while you fasting. <laughs> no wonder you weren't hungry because you ate... People's business. <laughs> Amen. All right. So we fast. When we fast, we pray, we worship. When we would normally eat, got it? All right. And so again, I want to be very clear. It becomes a true fast when you have broken your normal eating routine. So if you normally have three meals, but if you normally don't eat nothing but you know some carrots and some celery sticks the whole day, okay. Well then, it's not really a fast. That's your normal routine. So I used to joke with myself, if people were around me something I didn't eat the whole day, I said, I, I, I should have called it a fast. I got credit. Now, I was saying it as a joke because it was just the routine of the day. So it, didn't be, it wasn't a fast. I wasn't afflicting my soul. I was doing what my soul had become accustomed to. Everybody understand what I'm saying? All right, let's move it further. Now. Christ, Jesus the Christ, is not only atoned for our sins, but he paid the final price for our sins. So us honoring the day of atonement, which the scripture says we should do forever, is, is not us trying to get him to redo what he's already done. It is simply a time of repentance to appropriate what he's already done in a greater way. Does everybody understand this? So we're not trying to get him to redo what he's done. We're just appropriating what he's already done. Please understand, uh, uh, an order can be given and an order can be issued. But if that order has not been appropriated or it has not been given any authority to be enacted, the order is just a good piece of paper. All right. So so Jesus giving us all these promises be shalom. But that don't mean nothing unless there's some authority behind it to appropriate it. Bishop, and how is that appropriated? It's appropriated through us honoring the feast. Everybody got that? All right. Now, look at your neighbor, say, please forgive me. Look at the other one. Say, please forgive me. Can okay, look back at the other one. Say, I forgive, I forgive you. Look at the other one. Say, I forgive you. I forgive you. All right. Now, here's the real deal. Holyfield, especially Christian church people. Christian church people uh, need to, not us. No, I'm not going to speak that over us. But some Christian church folk, uh, the issue that we run into is, is that they don't really handle conflict well. And their solution for conflict is to hear all this stuff God ain't never said. It's real quiet up in here. All right. So what happens is, is that people go right past the scriptures about Jesus saying, if you have an art with your brother, go to them. Not everybody around them. Not their cousin. Not their niece. Not their uncle. Not their nephew. Go to them. Now, this is important to understand because during these 10 days of awe, God is not going to permit you have doing repentance. But, you know, I just, you know, you know, I just didn't even need to say nothing. I just shook my head and they knew. They thought you were saying what's up. They didn't know you. (laughs) Now, I'm real serious, Arvids, because too many Christian people. I want to use that word No, Let me clean it up. What week is this? Oh, it's the first week. Wait a minute. Too many Christian people suck at having confrontation. And they sit there praying in the Holy Ghost and roto to a You just need to follow the Bible. The Bible says if they did something that you got an issue with, you go to them. Not everybody around them. All right? Because then that's where all this extra gets started. That's why when I start saying, and if you, when I start talking about certain stuff, if I could, you know what, I'm going to have them A.B.L. next time. I want you all to get an audience shot. You can turn the house lights on and get an audience shot. I'm going to make policy from the pulpit. Get an audience shot. Because when I start talking about, and if anybody ever lied on you, everybody jump up in the church. And if you got people that did you wrong, that's right, Bishop, say something. They sitting in the third row. I wish this passive aggressive behavior would work and they knew I was talking about them, but I'm too punkish to say something to them. Come on, just be honest. Don't look at me with that tone of face. I have an old Pentecostal deliverance service. We'll bring you up and you'll confess your sins. <laughs> Does this make sense about it? So we all can get better. Touching it say we can get better. We can all get better at that. Hey, listen. And here it is, Matthew 18, 15. Here it is. Scripture. Matthew 18, 15. Scripture. Moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him. Between what? You and him. And if he hears you, you gain your brother. Now, since y'all always say, let's do it like the Bible, let's see what Jesus actually says to do. Next verse. But if he won't hear you, get a witness. Verse 17. And if he won't hear you with the witness, tell the church. And Titus says, the church, y'all want to be like the Bible. The church is supposed to bring them in front of the church and rebuke them in front of everybody. That's Bible. That's the book. I'm walking through the book. <laughs> now, if we did that today, everybody's season be shifting. Oh, I just feel the Lord telling you you don't feel nothing. You just, all right, all right. So, so t- look at your neighbor again because I, 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 I want you to get used to saying this. Just look at the one on the left or whichever side. Just pick a side. Say, I forgive you. Pick one on the other side. Say, I forgive you. Can I teach you a secret to help you with people? Forgive in advance. Bishop, what do you mean forgive in advance? Assume that there's a propensity that somehow, some way, something could happen that will cause you to need to forgive. So predecide that whenever that happens, I'm forgiven. Watch this. Because a lot of people say, but well, they ain't asked me. They don't have to. Forgiveness isn't for them. It's for you because you take it off of your back and throw it on God's back. You're not hearing what I'm saying. We don't forget about that. You know, I just can't believe they ain't even called me. They probably won't. Truth be told, they so arrogant, they think that they were right. Dr. Phil and Oprah, ain't none of them going to be able to tell them that they was wrong. Jesus himself could show up and they tell Jesus, but just hear my side though. They don't have to ask you for forgiveness. Such your neighbor say, say, they, they may not ask you. They might not email you. They may not text you. They may not, they may not do none of that. You're just going to have to decide to forgive on your own. Forgiveness is an inside job. So during this time, it is the time to release all that baggage. Now, I just want to give you a real practical thing, and then I'm going to move to this, so we, and then we'll be done. Um, say forgiveness. forgiveness. Say it again. Say forgiveness. Uh, one of the things that is important for forgiveness is sometimes forgiveness can be an internal process only because the way we think we've forgiven isn't real forgiveness. It's, it's words. All right. So real forgiveness says this. I choose to no longer hold you responsible for what you did. Because the truth be told, in many instances, the only place they're being held responsible is in your mind. So that anger you feel against them, the only place that anger exists is in you, which is why it's advantageous for you to let it go. You hear what I'm saying? Because some of y'all, I mean, some, some Christian folk just mad. And it's, and it's reflected in how they treat other people who have nothing to do with the people they're mad at. So now everybody then has to pay the mistakes of other people. And you look at everybody through the lenses of the people that have hurt you, other than the people that are here. Jesus, the scripture says in Hebrews, he says, strengthen the things which remain. But so often because you are working through your anger and unforgiveness, you don't strengthen what remains. You strike what remains. So the people that didn't give up on you, you treat them like the people that did give up on you. It's quiet in the church. All right. Say forgiveness. All right. So forgiveness is real simple. Now, there's a couple of things that I want to give you real practical. Can I give you some real pragmatic stuff? All right, amen, amen, amen. All right, so a couple of things. One is, uh, write this down, or just again, look at me like you're real deep here. Uh, hand-washing. All right, now, one of the things you can do to help you visualize forgiveness, because often your mind needs to see you doing something to release it. And the Hebrews used to have a hand-washing, which I've taught you on it before, where they, the, the hands would literally be washed, and as they washed the hands, they were washing away that experience with that particular individual, that particular situation, and so, uh, what, very simply, you get you some water, and you get you some oil at the bookstore. You put you some oil in that water, all right? And whatever the situation is, you call it out as you're washing your hands. Got it? Listen, what's going to happen? Well, your hands are going to have a little oil on them. A little bit. But here's what's going to happen. Your mind saw you wash. So now, because the issue is many times forgiveness is just words, but those words don't have images. And the hurt has images. Y'all ain't saying anything. Okay. Can I just give you something else that's really going to help you? See, because when you think about how you've been hurt, you, your mind plays the pictures. It's the picture of when you called them and they didn't do this. It's the picture of when they hit you. It's the picture of when they lied to you. It's the picture of when they did this. It's the picture of how you felt. It's the picture of yourself crying. It's the picture. So what happens is, is you can't forgive often because you're trying to forgive with words, but your mind keeps playing pictures of the hurt. So when your mind can see the picture of you washing. Yeah. See what I'm saying? So you got to fight pictures with pictures. You don't fight words you don't fight pictures with words. It's in your psyche, it's in your mindset. All right So when you think of a situation, the pictures start playing. It's like a movie. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Why are y'all look at me like you don't know what I'm talking about? The movie starts playing. You start thinking about it. You know what? And I remember, and I had picked him up that one day, and your mind goes back to 14 years ago, how you picked somebody up off of Peoria and, and, and Parker, and how you did this, and how you did this, and how you did this, and how you did that, and, and how you bought them that one two-piece meal when it was two-piece Tuesdays at Popeye's, and how they didn't even give you no $5 back, and you asked for some gas money, and everybody else in the carpool gave some gas money, but they didn't, and that really hurt you. You ain't had that call for 14 years. <laughs> but the pictures keep playing. Amen. So you need to see yourself releasing it. That's right. Amen. Does this make sense? Okay. All right. The, the, the second thing you can do to, to help you with your forgiveness is just a daily confession that you release all hurt, bitterness. It's on a targeted prayer list. You release all hurt, bitterness, and unforgiveness against others and yourself. Daily confession. All right, Can I show you something? All right. and then, then we're going to finish this. Isaiah 57, 19. Let me show you something real quick. Isaiah 57, 19. And uh, I want you to see this. Uh, I tweeted this yesterday. Um, you read it. One, two, ready, read. Hold on, wait a minute. I said harvest, everybody read. One, two, ready, read. Stop. You missed it. This is God talking here. And God says, I create the fruit of your lips. this still way too quiet in here. I create, meaning whatever's leaving my mouth. God says, I create whatever it is that's leaving your mouth. So let me help the hypochondriacs in the room. God says, so if you say you're sick and you're not. But if you say you're the head and not the tail, even though it looks like you're the tail. When you shout, everything's working together for my good. He, when you say, I am shalom, nothing is missing, nothing is lacking, nothing is broken. All is well. God says, I create whatever it is you're saying. Touch your neighbor and say, he'll create it. Now, that's powerful, right? It says, I create the fruit of the lips. (laughs) That's okay, Denver. That's all right. You're going to (laughs) learn. I create the fruit of your mouth. How many people, you need need your finances, you need... Wait, let me just see. Can you see? You see, look, y'all. They're like, come on, yes, Jesus. Let's hold on, you don't know what I'm going to say, though. <laughs> I could have said, how many of you going to empty out everything and give it to the Lord tonight? You'd be like, oh, praise his name, praise his name, praise his name. <laughs> how many people you'd like some additional money? Amen. Amen. How many people you like a lot of additional money? <laughs> now watch this. Only the broke folks are sitting back. I don't believe all that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Only the non-tithers are saying that. All right. H- how many people? How many people you like to work because you want to, not because you're getting a check to pay a bill? Here's the only one you see, verse. I create whatever you say. Now I've taught you on this a billion times, but this scripture slapped me around like fourteen times yesterday. It's like, uh, double up, uh, uh. I was like, whoa! No, I really did, y'all. No, I really did. Because because I was prepared I I was prepared I was reviewing just for we we're gonna go over tonight, and I went to 57 and and he said let me tell you something. He said he said I create the fruit of your lips, which means which means one says, Stop saying what you can conceive because you can see it. God says, I'll create it if it didn't exist when you which means he don't just have to heal a part of your body he can just recreate a part of y'all not hearing I I wish I had a church that could read the Bible here, which means they may not have an opening but your mouth can create y'all ain't gonna say nothing to me They might not be hiring, but your mouth can create. They may not be approving your loan, but your mouth can make. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying. God said, I'll just create it. Said, I'll just make it. That ain't nothing for God. He's the God that created the heavens and the earth. So if he created the heavens and the earth and everything that is therein, what in the world makes you think he can't create the solution? I need some faith to rise up in this room. What in the world makes you think he can't create the solution to whatever problem you're facing? Stop putting your God in a box. He's not you. He's not. He is not limited. He is the all-powerful, great I am. And God says, if it doesn't exist, just ask me. I'll create it. Stop praying, single folk, for just Lord. Just give it. No, God said, I'll make a man. I'll make a woman. I'll. I'll make something for you that didn't exist before you asked me for it, but I'll. ( 발�无声) Tejane said, He'll create it. I I create the fruit of your lips. Now, now I says, peace, peace to him who is far and to him who is near, says the Lord, and I will heal him. I mean, like, Bishop, how did you go from Day of Atonement to this? Because this chapter is the preceding chapter for the passages of Scripture that tell us what's going to happen when we fast this Saturday. So let me connect some dots for you, and then we'll all ride together. Here we go. Isaiah 58, verse number 5. Isaiah 58, verse number 5. So we're just in Isaiah 57, 19. So God begins telling all these scriptures about I create the fruit of the lips, and I'm going to heal you, and I'll restore you, and I'll do all these things. Now we're to Isaiah 58. Say Isaiah 58. Because remember, the scripture says that we should fast, we should bring an offering, and, uh, uh, and we should come to church. Remember, it gives us those three things to do during this time, and then 10 days of all, we should forgive. Got it? And anything that's been out of order, we, we should strive to get it in order, right? So let's see what happens during the... Fa- Has everybody got that? Yes. I want to make, sure make sure you can walk out of here and, 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 and be able to recite it to anybody. So Isaiah 58, verse 5. In fact, actually, let's just start up um, in verse number 3. And I want you to read because it's a lot of verses, so you're going to work tonight. Isaiah 58, 3. Now watch, watch this, because this is God talking. What I love about God is that God takes what you say and repeat it back to you so you can see how foolish what you said to him sounds. You ever repeat it back to somebody what they said and be like, yo, all right, that makes a lot of sense, huh? And they're like, you know, I never thought of it that way. Think twice, you'll be the smartest one in your bloodline. Think twice, that's all it takes, twice. Now, Isaiah 58.3, look, okay, but just uh, go, <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll read two, you read three. Yet they, they seek me daily and delight to know my ways as a nation that did righteousness and did not forsake the ordinance of their God. They ask of me the ordinances of justice. They take delight in approaching God. Watch verse 3. You read it. One, two, ready, read. Why have you today, and you have not seen? Why have you our souls? and you say no Keep reading. In fact, in the day of your past, you find pleasure in point, all your Keep going. Okay, so stop. So, in other words, God was saying, y'all were fasting, and you complained saying you didn't see no results. And then he says, not only are you complaining that you didn't see any results, he said, but you didn't even fast right. He he said, while you were fasting, uh, let's just look there at verse 3. He says, while you were fasting, uh, uh, or verse 4, or connected to 3, in fact, in the day of your fast, you find pleasure. In other words, he's saying... It ain't a fast for you because you didn't break your routine. Remember how we talked about that? So you're just doing what you normally do on Saturdays. You normally don't eat to six anyhow on Saturdays. You're like, oh, this is going to be easy. God says, well, you didn't fast. You just didn't eat like you normally didn't eat. What makes it a fast is when your normal eating routine is interrupted. Everybody got that? Look at verse 4. Indeed, you fast for strife and debate. In other words, he says, you're fasting to tell other people how spiritual you are. So you can go to dinner with them on Saturday and, and lunch and be like, oh, I'm not fasting because I'm honoring the, fe- uh, the Day of Atonement. Oh, you're not doing that? See, y'all don't know the real gospel. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Don't bring that food in here. I'm fasting. Well, Matthew, t- Jesus says that when you do it that way to get credit from other people, that's your reward. So uh, when you fast, don't, you ain't got to tell nobody nothing. And, and please believe that's going to be the day all kind of free food pop up. You're going to go to the store. They're giving away full sandwiches. Not no little bites. They're going to say, we, we're giving away ham sandwiches today. You want one? You don't even work on Saturday. A co-worker going to call you, I got this dozen donuts. You want it? But man, we don't even go to work. What are you doing? Doesn't everybody say, don't tell nobody. Just do it. So you don't get on the phone with nobody, what you eating after the fast? No. That's your neighbor saying, "Mm mm-mm. All right? Because some of y'all, this is what God's saying. He said, you didn't see the results because you didn't do it right. He said, you didn't pray when you didn't eat. You just didn't eat. That wasn't a fast. That was a diet. That was called lose three pounds in a day. That's what you was doing. Watch this, because if you check the scale after the fast, okay. He said, indeed, you fast for strife and debate and to strike with the fist of wickedness. You will not fast as you do this day. In other words, he's saying this fast, the one he's going to tell us about, he says, I'm not having that during this one. To make your voice on high look at verse 5 is it a fast that I have chosen a day for a man to afflict his soul is it to bow down his head like a bulrush to spread out sackcloth and ashes would you call this a fast and an acceptable day to the Lord verse 6 is this not the fast I have chosen say he chose this one one. to loose the bonds of wickedness to undo your heavy burdens (laughs) to let the oppressed go free and that you break now for those of you that ain't been here for a while let me teach you what a yoke is a yoke is what went around the neck of 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 one oxen to connect them to another oxen so the scripture teaches us in the book of isaiah chapter 10 that the anointing or god's favor or his supernatural breaks the yoke because you keep looking at the problem the problem's not the problem the problem is that you're connected to the problem you're not hear what I'm saying the yoke is the issue what that person did to you isn't the issue the fact that you're still yoked to it is the issue So the scripture says he's going to break every what? Yoke, which means God says you'll no longer be connected to that the way you were connected to that. So you used to cry about it. You ain't going to be crying about it no more. You used to sleep in on it and and not want to wake up in the morning. But God said you ain't going to be doing that no more. He said, is this not the fast I've chosen to break? How many yokes? Every single one of them. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and that you bring your house to the poor, those who are cast out when you see the naked and covered them, and not hide from your own flesh? Uh, in other words, he's saying during this time of fasting, he said you use this as a time to be generous. Say generous. generous. All right. Watch this. Verse 8. Then your light shall break forth like the morning. Your healing. Watch this. Shall spring forth speedily. Now. He's not just talking about physical healing. This is emotional healing. This is soul healing. This is, just your neighbor say, it's going to happen fast too. You're going to go to sleep Saturday night and wake up on some, I'm, I'm prophesying to somebody. Somebody's got a physical ailment. You're going to go to sleep with it on Saturday. But I declare to you by the name of Jesus the Christ, when you wake up on Sunday, that thing is going to be gone. Why? Because he says, is this not the fast I chose? Yes. Touch your neighbor and say, but wait, but wait, there's more. And your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. In other words, God said, "Now your rear guard. What's that? That's your back. God says, my goodness is gonna have your back. Which means you ain't got to worry about people stabbing you back there because my goodness is coming. My goodness, my somebody gonna get my goodness is coming to cover your back. You ain't got to watch your own back, not another day of your life, God says. I'm coming to cover you. Touch your neighbor and say he's gonna cover you. And the next time somebody trying to get over you, he's going, and the next time they trying to teach you, he's going to Touch your neighbor and say, his glory is going to cover my back. But touch him, say, wait, there's more. Verse nine, then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry and he will say what? Here I am. In other words, that distance you've been feeling doing worship to where you can't pierce through. <laughs> I'm talking to somebody. To where you used to be able to worship your way through, but you ain't been able to do that lately with this season you've been in. God says that distance is going to dissipate. Because when you're going to say, Lord, I need you, he's going to be like, what you need? You're going to say, Lord, where are you? He's going to be like, I'm right here. God says, I'm going to be so close to you. <sighs> you're going to feel me. I'm not him. You're going to go to bed and feel like somebody else is sitting there next to you. You're going to go to your job and touch your neighbor and say, he's going to be close. But touch him say, but wait. There's more. If you take away the yoke from your midst, watch what he says. What was that? He's saying the, the repentance. I, I, I'm in verse 9. The pointing of the finger and speaking wickedness. He says, watch this. He says, now, now, he says, the, the caveat to me doing that is this whole repentance piece. He says, now, I don't need you talking negative, And I don't need you judging nobody. Uh-huh. All right. All right. Watch this. Watch this. Because their folly is going to judge them for you. Verse 10, if you extend your soul to the hungry and to satisfy the afflicted soul, then your light shall dawn in the darkness. You missed where we started. And your darkness shall be as noonday. <laughs> turn, turn the house on real quick. Turn the house lights on real quick, real quick. I what, that? You see how quickly the house lights came on? Now turn them off. Turn them off. Watch this. Okay, but just stay right there. Stay right there. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. What's this? What's this? Look at the verse. He says, and your darkness. Darkness right there means your gloom. Your sadness. Your discouragement. Your defeat. Your depression. God says, watch this. And your darkness shall be. Flip them. They missed it. Turn it off. God says, I'm not taking all year to turn this one around. I'm choosing this fast to do a instantaneous, flip them, instantaneous. Yeah. Watch this. You can turn them off. Watch this. I well, what, this. He says, and your darkness will be as noonday. Somebody say, but there's more. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your soul in drought and strengthen your bones. You shall be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. Lead the verse up. You shall be I'm almost done. I just need to make sure we got it like a watered garden uh in case in in Denver the last two, two uh two, two days uh or i guess not yesterday, but today and on what was that monday monday um the rain the heavens were open, and I was out there while it was opening. Told my window up. Oh, I'm telling you. I mean, just God, dog. No. I said, my God. I said, I, and I, I'm telling you, it was something. Okay. <laughs> and you couldn't go nowhere because everybody would just stopped. I said, really? That's that's our plan is stop in the middle. of That's our plan. Okay. <laughs> Here, here's my point. Here's my point. Uh, when a garden is watered properly. Everything in that garden is green. Everything is alive. Everything is alive. And like a spring of water, whose waters do not fail. God says to you, you shall be. You're not getting it. Because if you were getting it, y'all would be telling you to be doing more than what you're doing. You shall be like a place where everything is alive and green. And you shall be like a spring of water whose water does not fail. I don't think you heard me. God says, because of this fast, whatever you're getting ready to set your hands to. You will not. Oh God! I was I, Somebody online is shouting. You will not fail. Just your neighbor say this isn't your season to fail. These are God's words. This ain't Bishop's words. But there's more. Those from among you, verse 12, be seated, shall build the old waste places. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations, and you shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of the streets to dwell in. Bishop, how do you know he was talking about this fast? How do you know that, Bishop? And this is the part, this is, this is the coup de grace, y'all. This is, this is, I know you've been shouting tonight, but now this is, this is my shout. Touching there, to, we to say, how does he know no? it's, this fast. it's this fast? I mean, because the Bible talks about fasting a lot, right? So maybe I'm just giving you scriptures that really don't apply to this fast. It's just to geek you up. Maybe I'm just trying to give you a high carbohydrate diet tonight. I know it's this fast well now I could use Episcopal infallibility similar to papal infallibility but I don't have to use that I could use apostolic decree don't have to use that how many of y'all got an old school Bible regular old school Bible okay flip in your old school Bible to verse 5 go to verse 5 Oh, you know what I mean. When I say old school, just written this one right here. This—that's the code name for this Bible, old school. I want to show you something. Cause how do I'm just cause, cause I know some of you thinking, well, I you know I fasted before and didn't see all that. How do I know it's gonna happen this fast? What's so special about this? One day gonna do all this. You, you got it, Isaiah uh, fifty-eight and five. Now in your Bible. You should see a cross-reference there. You'll see three of them. You should see a minimum of three. One is Zechariah 7 and 5, but you should see another one that's Leviticus 16, 29. Do you see that cross-reference? Okay. Now, depending on your type of Bible, you may or may not see all the cross-references mine sees. Nobody's perfect. (laughs) Okay. How many people, you do have the cross-reference there? Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. You see the cross-reference there? So in Scripture, when you see the cross-reference there, let me teach you how to study your Bible for a moment. When you see the cross-reference there, it's always important. See, don't try to be super Christian and read 400 verses in a night. You, 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 number one, and I'm going to talk about this this weekend, but, you know, you should get the Harvest app and listen to that. But, but if you're going to study Scripture, don't do more than a few verses at a time so you can study them properly. But so what do you mean properly? Because these cross-references are what give us the hermeneutics of the text. These cross-reference are what gives us how the text is interla- uh, interlaced together, how the text is this great tapestry that weaves together. So when we see this uh, uh, cross-reference here, it's indicative of what specific fast God was talking about because he could have been talking about any fast. Right? But everything from verse five on is directly connected to Leviticus sixteen twenty nine, which is why they placed the cross reference there. Now, in your Bibles, go to Leviticus sixteen twenty nine. Got it? It's just a few back. Well, a little bit more than a few, but go to the left. If you're going to the right, you're going the wrong way. Leviticus sixteen. All right. Twenty nine. You got it? Okay. Ready? You ready? You read it. Shall be a Stop. So, what fast is he talking about? <laughs> huh? Well, I know somebody's saying, well, Bishop, I mean, I, I mean, how do I know? I mean, you know, how, how do you really know? Uh, that's all right. I'm going I'm to triple verify. Go to Leviticus 23. Uh-huh. Because it, it said on, in the seventh month, which would be the agricultural. Got it? In the, the what day of that month? So the 10th day of Tishri. Right? Okay. Uh, go to Leviticus 23, 26. You ready? One, two, ready, read. Keep going. Stop. So go back to Isaiah 58. Y'all okay? I know it's somewhat cerebral tonight, but I want you to get it. Isaiah 58, I chose this fast. And from this one fast, they ain't going to say nothing to me. On this one fast, verse 6, on this one fast, This one fast. I wish somebody online would shout because I don't know what's going on at the Royal Campus of the Honor Term. On this one fast. I just gave you triple verification that this wasn't some other fast. This ain't even a long fast. It's just the set fast. It's just the appointed fast. And on this one fast, touch your neighbor and say, This one fast, God says, verse 6, put it up. I'm going to loose the bounds of wickedness, undo heavy burdens, I'm going to let you free, and I'm going to break every yoke. Some debts are getting ready to be canceled for your. Some stuff you legitimately owe, God says, I'm getting ready to set you free from it. Verse 7, come on, move with me. Verse 7. Uh, Go to verse 8. Then your light shall break forth like the morning. From what? This one fast. And your healing shall spring forth speedily. And your righteousness shall go before you and the glory of the Lord shall cover your back. Verse 9. Then you shall call and I'm going to answer. You'll cry and I'm going to say what you need. <laughs> verse 10. Uh, Go to verse 11. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your soul and drought and strengthen your bones. And you'll be watered like a garden and like a spring water whose waters go back to verse 10. No, I missed something in there. I missed something in verse 10. I'm through. I missed something in verse 10. Then your light shall dawn in the darkness, and your darkness shall be as the noonday. God says, there's going to be some stuff where I'm just going to instantly I just speak in tongues. You see. Verse 12. Those from among you forbid all waste places. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations. And you shall be called the repairer of the breach. You know what repair of the breach is called for? The curse breaker. That's where I'm gonna lay my head down. God says you shall be the curse breaker in your bloodline, and I'm gonna do it because of this one fast. Just let me say this one fast.
0: Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at Byheart.com. Experiences are what people love the most about travel.